Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Yeah, right. Crazy. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 172 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. And before I go on to tell you about this week's guest, a big shout out to our Patreon supporters, without whom this podcast would not be able to be created. When we started the podcast in 2018, we decided to fund it ourselves so that we wasn't dictated to by the advertisers. But obviously it's hard to proceed with no funds, so we set up a Patreon page. And if you like what you hear and you want to support the podcast, you can go over to Ministry of Arts Instagram profile. You'll find a Linktree drop-down box which will direct you to our Patreon page. And from as little as £3 a month, which is pretty much a cup of coffee, you can support the podcast. And if you don't want to do that or you're not able, that's absolutely fine because this content is free for everyone. But back to this week's episode. Today, I'm going to introduce you to Kennard Phillips. Kennard Phillips is a collaboration between Peter Kennard and Cat Phillips. They've been working together since 2002 to produce art in response to the invasion of Iraq. But their work has now evolved to confront power and war across the globe. Their work is made for the streets, for the gallery, for the web, newspapers and magazines. And they even lead workshops to develop people's skills and help them express their thought on what's happening through the world in visual means. The work is made as a critical tool that connects the international movements for social and political change. They don't see their work as separate to the social and political movements that are confronting established political and economic systems. They see it as part of those movements, the visual arm of protest. They want their work to be used by people as part of their own activism, not just as pictures on walls to contemplate. 
To facilitate this, as well as selling their limited edition prints on the site, enabling them to fund the making of their work, there's also a free download page of images with a voluntary contribution to the international solidarity movement. Pretty cool, eh? Well, Kennard Phillips have been on my radar to talk to for quite some time. Well, late last year, I'd done some filming with global activism group Apolitical. And a few months later, they had a large function in West London, which I was invited to. I popped in initially just for an hour or so. And one of the producers there asked me if I knew Kennard Phillips. I said I'd obviously known of them, but I'd not met them before. So he took me over to introduce me to Pete and Kat. Well, that popping in for an hour turned into the rest of the night, and what a great night it was. And that evening, I asked them if they'd consider coming on the podcast. And a couple of weeks ago, I had the pleasure of popping down their studio to record it in person. So please, come and join me in that conversation with Peter Kennard and Kat Phillips. So I popped in, went downstairs, and just as I got to the bottom of the stairs in the basement and walked around into like the lower room, the cleaner put the third black bin liner down in a row. And then she's gone back into this room. Then I've gone back upstairs. And I was just joking. I went, how much are the Gavin Turks downstairs? And, it, and she went, we haven't got any Gavin Turks. I said, there, there's three of them in a row down there. And she went, she no, no. And then she's gone downstairs. And I was just about to say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm joking. You know, I thought she'd laugh, you know. And uh, yeah, she come back to me. Oh, I do apologise, but they are actually bin bags. Yeah, as, if I, the one, as if I didn't know. <laughs> There are a set of questions that I ask each artist. The first would be to Kennard Phillips. How would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? Um, Well, take down the establishment with pictures. Mm. I mean, it's always always difficult to explain that. You know, obviously that's why one does it in pictures but um, yeah I would say we want to make something that's really um, got a political edge to it and that it is is a form of protest in its way you know about what's going on in the world and to get and that can communicate very much communicate beyond the art world you know it's not conceptually um, complex in that way I think it's more about making an image that that takes things that people know but completely transforms them by you know by adding things and taking things away and and making something that actually has a edge to try and counteract all the shit that we're being bombarded with <laughs> basically you know so, so much of it i was yeah. going to say at the moment but it's pretty much non-stop it's non-stop yeah. yeah yeah and i think um quite often we're if we're always working on something that's that's happening sort of right now when we're responding to it and and quite often in the newspapers we're getting bombarded with this take on an event so let's say for example ukraine and we get and you start reading the news or listening to the news or watching the news about what's happening and i always quite (coughs) often feel like i'm being pushed into one way of thinking about it yeah um, and that's really frustrating. So quite often what we're making is trying to counter a line of argument that seems to be put, being pushed to us as a public 
across maybe newspapers, the news channels and the radio. I'm not saying they're all exactly the same. But no, but they do, have, they do have a very similar stance, don't they? And anyone mm. that sort of questions it is seen to be a conspiracy theorist at some point, aren't they, you know? And they start to burrow mm. down on... They, they all start to repeat the same Narrative, aspects yeah. of whatever it is. So with Ukraine... I mean, and, and, and it feels like you're getting pushed as a public towards supporting... Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Britain joining the war or yeah. like or NATO joining in or a no fly zone. And then and that's always my motivation for coming to the table with Peter and trying to make something to question what or especially if I feel like I've got a, a clear argument against it. Which I quite often do if it's a, if it involves war and, and the idea <laughs> of going to war. Yeah. It's always gonna be, you know, try not to Get in that Get position in the first place. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, But I mean, it's. I, I mean, we're living in extreme emergency times, or however one wants to put it, at the moment. So, it, it it's trying to find ways to express that and counteract it, and yeah. and to get through. I mean, I always think because I'm so ancient, it's, it's important to be able to get through to young to young people. Yeah. you know, they're the future, and their future is being completely fucked up by, by what's going like, on in the world you know in a big way now well it feels like the younger younger people are a little more politically minded as they was uh, a generation before yeah, even yeah you know yeah. i mean like my kids, climate yeah, yeah. My, my kids sort of take notice of of what's going on yeah and they're only like sort of 15 and 18 but it's a 15 year old i'm on about but she will ask what's you know what's going on in the news as soon as she gets home Maybe because there's this, that you know, the big words of nuclear and World War Three are being mm. thrown about, you know. Mm. So, you know, it's scary times. Yeah. And the last time that was happening was, what would it have been like? In the eighties. In, in yeah, seventies, eighties. Yeah. Yeah. What about Iraq? Was there any fault of World War Three or nuclear bombs there? No, I don't no. think it, it definitely wasn't projected in that way to the public. It wasn't projected no. as as no. our problem in a way. No. It was sort of only in terms of well, we must send the troops over and must do this thing, you know, we're going to be... Well, that's the thing that's been pulled up recently, isn't it? Because, you know, people began to walk about Syria. That was turned to fucking dust, wasn't yeah, it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But because they wasn't the... quite the same colour skin as us, possibly, yeah. or they wasn't as close to home as us or on yeah. the same bit of land, you know... In, in and also probably people didn't feel it as a threat, yeah. right? They didn't feel if, if that country gets boiled down into war or if Iraq gets boiled down into war it's not actually going to blow back yeah. on, on UK territory whereas I think Ukraine definitely that's what people are scared of I think mm. are you making any, anything specific that's based around Ukraine being that it's only been about for a, a month or so or the war has I, I've tried to respond by looking at our archive and putting out sometimes materials and sometimes actual works that relate because we've been our collaboration has always been st well start starting point was the invasion of Iraq yeah so then and how did it come about <laughs> not Iraq the whole war how did Tony Blair how did Ken Old Phillips <laughs> come to come to be uh -huh. I, well, I it really came to be because I, I had a massive urgent need to do something about this imminent yeah. invasion. 
and I wasn't an artist at that time in the sense that I wasn't making to completion anything. I was very creative, but I wasn't an artist. I was doing all sorts of things, but I didn't have a, what do you call it, like a focused way of expressing myself, where where it could actually be presented out to a public. And then I was introduced to Peter um, by a mutual friend, Jenny Matthews, an amazing photographer. Um, And maybe three, uh, and maybe like four months after meeting him, bumped into him again. And by that time it was, when was that? It was like, April, so it was like a month after the invasion in 2003, and I was just like, you know, I forced <laughs> him to, to, to let me, I don't know. Like, and what just was you doing at the time then, if you wasn't an artist? I was a printer, I was, um, I'm a printer by, like that's how I made my living, was printing for photographers, like Jenny, who, Jenny Matthews was part of a cooperative called Network Photographers, who okay. are all big social documentary photographers. Yeah. Um, so the content of what I was printing was always really fast you know it was always about world events world social mm. social justice and different parts of the world different struggles yeah so the content of what I was handling all the material I was handling was was right in there um, and I was printing for their portfolios and their exhibition prints so creatively that's what I was that was my outlet, was yeah. actually making amazing And you had the urge to create your own, or you just wanted to create something? I wanted to, I wanted to express my anger. Yeah. And try and battle against what was actually happening, like genuinely with a conviction, like there's something that can be done to yeah. stop, to stop or alter or, and it was all, a lot, all in terms of public consciousness, public, public pressure, public being able to put pressure on political events because you know I'm com- well I'm convinced that the public are the only it's the only place that can actually make a change you know yeah collectively yeah, yeah. Collectively. as long as there's not sort of not too, too much too many fractured parties going against each other but yeah coming mm. together it's you, we've seen it on so many occasions yeah. haven't we when, yeah. when people unite and mm. yeah I mean it's I, the only force for well, good change you know and and also after the war it start you know the invasion had started then all, all the papers and everybody was just saying oh you know we've got to support yeah. you know to support them and 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 there wasn't any real news coming out was there was there? no critique yeah, of you know, the action of the people of being killed by the hundreds you know i mean i mean a lot of it hasn't didn't come out till WikiLeaks about the, yeah. the depth of it, the horror of it. You know what they were doing, the US and the British. You know how so, imbalanced the war it was, which is. So, so we did things like we made. We were in an exhibition. We made posters, anti-war posters, um, on newsprint and gave them out to people to put up. You know to try and. I think, what do they say on it? to stop the you know well I mean, there were different montages yeah, there different were a set montages. of new montages that yeah. were made together and then they had the word stop because yeah. the start of the change is getting to getting people just to question what's happening anyway because you know as you said at, at the start you, you listen to the news you've got it coming from all angles yeah. and it's like a brainwashing yeah, of, yeah. of the same sort of yeah. narrative yeah. and then it only takes someone to just go but have you seen this or have mm. you thought about this and then all of a sudden 
that can sort of just grow and grow and mm, yeah. so it gives you a window or it just gives you an opportunity to look in an opposite direction yeah. or a different direction mm. not necessarily mm. opposite like even at the moment when um, in in Ukraine they mentioned about the um, uh, a school was here and, and obviously the maternity mm. hospital yeah and everyone's saying about war crime which you know, I'm not arguing that but fucking hell when the amount of bombs that the US dropped on fucking schools, playgrounds even. Mm. You know, with, with and children playing in. And Yemen, I mean... Uh, and kids, it was an uh, accident, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is British bombs made, you know. I mean, that's yeah, happening now. I mean, you know, yeah. But it's very yeah. hard for to battle against the propaganda for the war in Yemen because it's so... Um, like, the, the connection between the UK and what happens in Yemen is kind of clouded by the fact that it's British armaments that are sold to Saudi Arabia who then bombed to Yemen yeah. but the whole the whole propagating of the news of that war it, when it, whenever there is any when there isn't very much at all no. um, it's um, layered with the reasons on the ground which are so removed from public consciousness here that it's very hard for a British public to galvanise mm. behind like an anti-war movement yeah. to stop that. But I mean, that's happening across the globe. These these webs of connections that like, basically boil down to big corporate money to be made in fossil fuels and armaments, um, governments that are ref you know are are completely hooked. They're addicted to that structure of wealth making or economy um, and then and then I guess the only other element is a public that that um, either supports it through inaction or like through not protesting or they're just too beaten down and brutalized by their own political system yeah. that they don't there's no there's no chink of chance to mm. stop it mm. I mean, even looking at the you know, the <laughs> fucking Boris that's in at the moment, it's just so much that, <laughs> that they've done, even in the last two years through lockdown. Oh. Mm. And you go, like, how can anyone, how can they be getting away with yeah. it? Um, you know, spend, giving billions to their friends and buddies. And, mm. yeah, and yeah. It's, it's so blatant and it's now just, with this But they're even not nigh on admitting it. You know, it's, it's coming out. And, I mean, there's still people going... Well, what other option have we got? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. what a labour at the moment. You say, well, fucking anything's better than, mm. better than what's in there, you know. Mm. No, it's the most corrupt government, you know. I mean, he was in Saudi Arabia, wasn't he, two weeks ago? Yeah. On the day that they were, a few more beheadings took place. Was, that, was it the same day? Well, they, they beheaded three people, three people whilst he was there, yeah. probably... Yeah. Deliberately, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it was either one or two days before they'd had it's the largest, minutes. and that's the most people they've killed mm. in one, one, one session mm. um, in their history. They've never done that before. Mm. Mm. Scary shit, isn't it? Mm. It's really, really. I think we're in really, really scary times. It's, it is the fact that people just—it feels like people don't care, or or there's a lack of. Understanding of what, anything, how do yeah. we, how do we, how do we address it? How yeah. do we, how do we collectively mm. start forming it, like organising against it? And that's that's really essential. We've got to do it. 
when you first got together, what was the artworks that was created? First of all, how did that come about? So well, I, Peter, we, we rock, wasn't it? Yeah, we made work about. And so, yeah, Peter had so mentioned that. an idea when I'd first been introduced to him, and we'd had some conversations. He talked about. Um, I must have been. We were talking about Iraq, and we were talking about the build-up. It was this invasion was going to happen, um, and Peter had mentioned an idea he had about making works with medals. So at that point, he's talking. I would, he was just talking about his practice and talking about what he was thinking about possibly making. And when I bumped into him the next time, I said, what about that idea with the medals? <laughs> Come on, you can't do it. I'll help you. So you he's know. trying to sort of uh, kick him into action. Rally up the troop. And so that's the first work that we made was this, and because I was a printer, that was the obvious way to collaborate. Yeah. So using scanners and digital printer um, and a lot of colour work in the print, like you make, you make that as a big element of it. Um, and it was montaging elements of war instead of the gold disc that you get yeah. for a medal. You have the ribbon, but then hanging off the bottom elements of war. So it might have been, it was some of it was press photography of devastated landscape, devastated body, um, some of it was armaments, um, and it, it, yeah, um, and the way that Peter approached the technology was great because he was in the idea of pouring dust on a scanner, which is yeah. you know in any sort of computer technology, it's all about keeping it clean yeah. and yeah. dustproof. <laughs> Break the rules on the technology. So I yeah. got like. A fast introduction um. into the anarchy of a messy painting type studio, yeah. which Brilliant. I loved. Yeah. And was it was it quite shocking to see that? You know, to to see someone come in and use materials like that. Well, I mean, we were using them together, but it was more no. It was great relief. It was huge relief for me at last. Someone who, you know, doesn't yeah, honour so. the sort of. Well, doesn't you know it? the doesn't rules. Doesn't bow down to them. the yeah, yeah, yeah. technology yeah. rules, you know, yeah. and the, te the sort of you must protect the equipment sort of thing, which you know is a fine line because you've obviously don't want to yeah, break it's, the it's equipment. Yeah, it's a tool for your work, isn't it? But you don't yeah. want to break it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how long after meeting did um, the photo op come about? That was the next. That was those. That was one of those um, poster yeah. series that we talked. He's, that Peter was saying we printed out on newsprint and handed out for free so we made a series of montages very quickly and photo was one of them yeah it's, it's surprising what you know you, you've obviously made a, a small body of work there yeah to, to put out and I mean that that was it was it, just sensational wasn't it, it took time for that I mean that that took off when because Banksy put it in Santa's ghetto yeah, on Oxford yeah. Street on the window that was that, about a year yeah, and a, that, a year later. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people saw it. A lot of people photographed themselves with a mobile in front of him yeah, with his mobile, yeah. especially young people. Well, and the yeah. most importantly was that the press used that image in the for their their pieces, their their journalistic pieces about Santa's ghetto. They used photo op. Yeah. In the window as the as the sort of main photo. So yeah, then it got then it got its blast of. 
press attention, which was great. And then after that, it got used more and more and more prolifically. I mean, you put your work on the streets in the form of poster, yeah. So it gets, you know, it's it's not in a gallery on the wall. So there's, you know, so there's more than well, it's everyone can see it. Yeah. It's, it's when it gets picked up by the press. Yeah. Is that's when it gets to a whole different audience, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Again, yeah. And a much you know, bigger one. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think with photo art, people still use it. I think it's as, brilliant. In, the, in in you know, as, as, as a critical tool against Blair and the whole yeah. thing, you know. Yeah, he's just a war like criminal, yeah. demon like smile, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's hard for that. I don't know. I think it's quite hard for that mon that particular montage to be read in a different way oh, to definitely. how we intended yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing about montages, it's quite difficult to change the meaning because the meaning is being put into. The combining the photographs together. Yeah, so taking, it, taking one image out. So you're making a critique. Yeah, yeah. Did you have art in the home growing up? Uh not me, mm. no. But my mum yeah. did. My mum did do an open university art history course at one point when I was very little, and apparently would take me and my brother preschool around the. This is in Edinburgh, so there was there wasn't any contemporary galleries really there, but she was taking us around like the National Gallery and. I used to start making Henry Moores out of my plasticine. Oh, so you had, you had an interest at an early age? Yeah, but I don't... I, I was really... Um, I don't know, kind of concert... I thought art was just something... I didn't. So when I left school, I didn't even know that there was such a thing as an art college. Wow. I'm pretty sure I'm correct when I say <laughs> that. And I didn't know there were drama schools, and I was really into acting, and I wanted yeah. to do drama. But I only thought... You could only do that like, if you could find a university that did drama. So I wasn't even aware there was such a thing as an art college. It's funny, yeah. isn't it, from the working class, um, you know, obviously coming from a working class um, background, the, the limitations within the art world, like you say, I, I wasn't aware of, of any of that. The only artwork I knew about really was album covers. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I didn't yeah. see that as, I just saw that as a, yeah. an image to go along with a, with you know with the albums that I was buying yeah mm. no I love having got older that I can now understand that you can use the term artist for like a huge yeah. range of creative output whereas I think I always thought artist just meant you make really old fashioned looking paintings or well, it was, abstracts that was my problem because when I discovered art when I was in prison I fell in love with it and th but the, the thing was my idea of an artist was a sort of a white middle class person who spoke like a poet. And that weren't me, <laughs> you know. Still a lot of them. Yeah, oh, yeah, but, but there's, I, I didn't think, I thought that was the only type yeah. of person because yeah. stereotypically, yeah. that's what you see, you know. You, and then it wasn't until Ray Richardson, who I mentioned earlier, wasn't until I saw him on the telly, and he's, he's from Woolwich in South East London. Yeah. And I was like, fucking hell, there's someone with a an accent like mine and yeah. he's making yeah. these paintings that yeah. that I you know I fell in love with before I even heard his voice anyway. Yeah. yeah. Then yeah. all of a sudden I was like, fucking if yeah. he can do it. You know, there's yeah. someone like me and yeah. then it opens a door and then you find out there's yeah. you know, because it's a world I didn't know, do you know, it mm. turns out yeah. there's so many people like me. Because yeah. there are I mean in the eighties there were a whole lot of you know, working class students could get could go to art college and that's how the a lot of the music scene started in yeah. the colleges and you know because they had there were grants and the fees were paid so 
whereas now it's going much more back to being like for middle class yeah. and up and you know um did you have art in home growing up um well my dad was he'd wanted to be an artist but he had to get a job he went to art school for a year and then had to stop and get a job so he went into advertising and um, but i used to go to exhibitions with him and things yeah so i got into it and then started i started just painting and i was about 14 so i managed to get to art school at 16 and then nice. managed to have about six years at art school in different art schools. Oh, wow. That was lucky. Well, and of course, it all got paid, you know. I mean, you know, one got a grant and you could live off, you know. And then I could, what was, well, you could squat at that time, so we didn't have outgoings, you know. And yeah. Oh, man, so, all of that, none of that is about anymore, No, is it's it? not about. You it's can't not. even squat anymore. It'll come yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. It'll have sure. to come it's back. Yeah. I mean, the state of the world, the impossibility of just surviving even in a rich country like the UK yeah. you know it's got such a mad I mean it's mad in the sense that it doesn't have to be like that it feels really obvious it doesn't have to be like that but the way that the government this administration has squeezed like the people the majority of people probably yeah. like, or, and but the, the situation for the poorest in society is like become impossible again feels like it was like that when we were kids maybe yeah, Gary yeah but, um, no definitely mm. and it's got back to a level that's totally mm. um, inhumane but also totally unsustainable so mm. I'm sure there's although now when things get criminalised like squatting how do you how do you decriminalise yeah. something that's being criminalised I don't know what it, it generally is. if it does come back it generally comes back in a completely different different, different form way. doesn't it yeah mm. Mm. I mean Randa, yeah. Randa Alway there was even, you, you drive along and, and there'd be people in, like living in tents, mm -hmm. you know, there'd be a row of half a dozen tents and I was coming there one morning, drop, dropping my wife off to work and there was the fucking council like pulling up their tents while all the people had gone out and I'd just like done a U-turn from, you know, where I was, where I was meant to be going done a U-turn and I was like what the fuck are you doing these people have gone out this is their own yeah. and the guy's saying oh sorry mate I've just been told to come and yeah. clear it that's the it. thing it's always like well, you know, that he would lose his job maybe if he didn't or you know yeah. it'd be a blowback on him but at the same time at some point the stand has to be made like yeah. on every level I mean look what happened when they squatted that building was it last week or week before yeah the oligarchs you know the oligarchs and then you got the fucking riot police arrived you know I've never seen so many police no so many vans, so many police with shields, you know, to get them out. I mean, it's just, you know, the the powers of the state against yeah. for any form like that now is, and the police bill coming through, which is going to make, you know, like like almost make demonstrating illegal if that all goes through. It will. It, it will. It yeah. sounded like that it was getting disrupted at one point, but I think it's it is definitely going to go through now, isn't it? I think it's. I don't. I think it goes back to the lords again, doesn't it? But, yeah, it, it, but, but it does sound like they've changed a few words, and it's going to get through. Because it was the lords that pushed it away the first yeah, time, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, but that, it seems like everything that goes backwards and forwards by the second times it. Yeah, it, it's it, getting, it, yeah, it goes through. They just re-editing, re-editing. Yeah. Like, there's only so yeah. much that they can. There's only so much weight that they can push back on. Yeah, the they've probably yeah. taken out a bit about shoot on site. Yeah, <laughs> you never that, know what the fucking Tories would put. When was it you decided you wanted to be an artist? Either of you? 
Well, I've already uh, said like yeah, that yeah. was yeah, yeah. it was when Iraq was clearly going to get invaded that I felt I'd run out of every other possibility of coping. You know, so for me it was like a it's like a pure need. It's like the frustration building up, isn't it? And you need that little and release the, and yeah. the creative. Yeah. The, the creative need is is the outlet. And yeah. Do you yeah. know when it was you fancy? Well, I started when I was about fourteen, deciding because I was in the in, in the flat. I had those. There was a sort of coal hole that wasn't being used, a little shed in the on the on the ground floor, and I started painting in there, and then sort of went on painting. Uh, what were you painting at the time? At, at that time, I was doing figurative sort of cubist type stuff and went through different styles, yeah. And, you know, and started looking at a lot of art. And then I went to an art school at 16, and uh, wow. which, which was great. And they, they, they had these sort of scholarships so I could afford to go, yeah. Uh, it was a place called Bar, I'm sure. Oh, I applied there when, that was one of the places I applied to. Did you? Yeah, it's, what is it now? It's University of Middlesex. Yeah, in, in University of the Arts, London. Yeah, no, it's got, it's got destroyed. It was a great art school. It's completely anarchic, you know. It did, it even didn't. when I went in there in uh, what was it? That would have been two thousand. It was still by I'm sure then. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it had a you know, proper good feel. Yeah. It, it felt like no other. I think it was independent, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were, people were getting grants and things, but uh, well, what there was loans, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, do you know of Cursor Arts, the prison? Yeah. Arts. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm I'm a trustee of that and. And they have a massive exhibition every year mm -hmm. up at the um, at the Royal Festival Hall. And uh, the year before last, they just had to put um, laminates on the outside of the windows. Mm. And it was, uh, yeah, it's yeah. all this And everyone's all out towards yeah. it. And, and it's, it's just, like they're one just like possible, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and as much as it, you know, that they've been... so many powerful like I think about, I only saw your little picture of the skip with the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's so powerful, that. Mm. And yet... It doesn't exist, you know, that should be... Oh, it should be in a museum. It, 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 it should be in a museum. Yeah, yeah it's it so powerful. It's, but yeah. is, that is a, at least that's a work that could be recreated. Yeah, definitely. You know, and it's, well, that, that was going to go outside the f festival hall. But, yeah, but they had um, there was so much fucking bureaucracy about having, about having something there. outside on yeah. the ground. And I was going, well, it's, is it it's a skip. It's not, there's nothing special about it. Yeah. It's a skip. Or, so you need a permit. To put it outside, oh, right. and they were saying, "Well, what if people climb in it and climb on it?" And yeah. and I was going, "But it's still a skip. If you have yeah. a skip outside your house, yeah. you yeah, don't yeah. have to take on those. But All because those it's liabilities, on, yeah, but because it's on their land, on their property rather, they, they had to it. sort of, um, yeah, meet all those health and safety. Oh, and they right. couldn't put it inside. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't go in there. It should be shown again somewhere. Yeah. It's definitely going yeah. to get. Yeah, it's definitely going to get made again. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've kept everything for it. I mean, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was, I was, I was quite pleased with that one. Yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's a question I've got here, which is, um, what piece that you've created has got the strongest emotional connection, either individually or as uh, Kenard Phillips? Hmm. Well, I know it's incredibly painful to work with images of victims of war so anything that involves the body in a war context I find really difficult which is good because it should be difficult yeah. um, um, trying to think of specific works though well, we did one like I mean like, we did a lot of really big ones there which are up there rolled up um <laughs> And there was one of like um, uh, the podium, uh, an empty podium that was the presidential podium, and then all around it, and it's a big thing. I don't know how many, five meters or something long, six meters, and it's got pictures from Iraq, sort of breaking through the surface yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of, of all these sort of atrocities that were being committed there. So um, I always think of that as a really powerful indictment, you know. Was that intended for outside or in? No, in. that was inside, yeah. And it got shown in Denmark, didn't it, most recently? In yeah, the, in yeah, the Jorn Museum yeah. in yeah. Jutland. And it's yeah. been in... They're really fragile. I mean, they're, they're made of really fragile materials because they're made out of just newsprint. Yeah. Um, and very, very thin, sort of acid-free paper. It's meant for wrapping yeah. expensive photographs in. But they're actually, and like Peter said, they're what seven meters by three meters high. So when you unroll them, they're they're sort of museum mm -hmm. scale works. Wow. They're great, but made with really cheap materials, um, and they just roll up. Well, newsprint is like forty grams, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's super yeah. lightweight. Yeah. Super lightweight. But we sort of paste them, paste layers and layers of newspaper and then print on blank sheets of newsprint or this very thin paper, this acid-free yeah. stuff, and, um, and then paste that on. So that becomes the surface work that we then work into. But you couldn't put them outside. So we always make, when we we're making those, we knew they were going to be for some sort of indoor venue. So either a museum or a gallery or a public space of some sort. Um, so it's... Yeah. yeah. Well, the artwork yeah. takes on a beautiful new, new life and power when it gets put outside as a, in in a form of a poster, doesn't it? Mm. Because it gets put more in the public realm then, yeah. and flying leaps with with aid. I I only come across it a couple of years ago, maybe, I don't yeah. know, it'd been four four years ago or so, when I first saw um, flying leaps putting their stuff out, and you know yours being amongst it. Yeah, it's a it's a completely different yeah. world, isn't it? Yeah, with, uh, and it's it's great. Aid is is a fantastic guy. He's totally ethical, and he's you know his whole aim is to get this work out to as many people as possible, which he does. You know, it it works <laughs> wonderful. I was speaking to him yesterday, funnily enough, and he said to ask you what's happening with 
a wine. Yeah. A, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing because it, it was only a wine. Yeah. So the good news is that a wine. So a wine works <clears throat> in a school in I can't remember, somewhere in South London. Um, I can't remember the name of the school, but he is head um, maintenance team so he and he came it was the Wayne's idea to put up some billboards on a long one massive wall of the school outdoor wall and get some artwork up there so he just pitched it to oh, the okay. headmaster how cool who apparently mm. was called Billy apparently I haven't met him and he said <laughs> he said yeah and then Wayne showed Billy our website and Billy just picked this what was actually the same image that Flying Leaps yeah. lasted of our work <laughs> Which is of the Virgin Mary with the CND symbol nice. as, and with the Earth, that picture of, from space of the Earth as the face, and Billy picked that. And so Wayne's the news is that Wayne has made <laughs> three billboards, like three what are they called? Eight sheets, four sheet billboards. Four anyway, they're yeah. like yeah, average yeah, yeah, sized yeah. ones, and they go along the side of the exterior wall that looks onto their playing fields. Because when, he, when he, he sent me a message, I asked you what's happening with Owain. Because it was a word I didn't know. I figured it was a... I didn't know oh, if it was could a person. Be, yeah, or, or project. Yes. Or so I didn't know what I was going to be asking. So I was, it was a bit of a leap in the dark when I asked you, you know. Flying but, leap. But yeah. knowing aid, I, I, yeah, of course. <laughs> but knowing, yeah, knowing aid, I knew it would have been something related to what you're doing. But, but I love this project because it's um, instigated by a worker in the school. You know, not, not, and not, not, not that I'm saying that being maintenance isn't professional. I know but, exactly what you mean. You know, it's, it feels really grassrootsy, and it's just like just do it as opposed to lots of bureaucracy, red tape, which could easily happen in a school yeah. environment. It's like an institution, isn't it? So I mean, for for me personally, I feel so much more connected with something when it's come from somewhere like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, when when it feels like you just presuming that the the person possibly isn't into art all of a sudden they've been transformed yeah their mind's been transformed by something that they've seen well, and, and they want to do something creative if they're not in that field I think and his investment in his in his workplace as well yeah yeah it's amazing and then of course these billboards they'll be permanent our artworks will go on them first but then we're already talking about the potential for the kids then to do some workshop well, us to come in with the art teacher do some workshop with the kids so that they can get their work up on those billboards and then flying leaps and aids connection to the guys who actually print adverts for billboards um, build Hollywood you know part yeah, of yeah, yeah 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 um, and then you know for kids to see their what they'll probably make something on A4 scanned up blown up nice to build, I mean it's a magic yeah, thing yeah. I mean the sense of empowerment Right. <laughs> and they can focus on the issues that are important to them, you know, which is that's what's so essential that any sort of art experience, art workshop allows the participant to focus on what's meaningful to them. And is it going to be on the outside of the school? It's on the outside. I mean, yeah. I'm amazed, that's... but it is facing onto school ground as opposed to facing yeah. onto street side. Okay. Yeah, because mm. I thought. But even so, like having, having the kids involved and the kids yeah. doing something. Yeah. It, and it's, it's that sort of thing that you know yourself it can be so impressionable at that age that it could turn people's yeah. lives and attitudes yeah. Yeah. but it's, yeah. not, it's something we haven't talked about because we've a, a lot of our ex- exhibitions we do workshops with different groups you know who are either brought in by their carers or just uh, school groups or 
and we get them making work, but actually as part of the exhibition. Yeah, so yeah. the work goes into, we've done it a few times where the work actually ends up in, in our exhibition. So they get the same status as Excellent. the artists. Love and it. we've done a lot over the years, we've done a lot of shows like that, you know. And it's amazing what people, if they're given the, a bit of equipment, a printer and a scanner and magazines and newspapers oh, and can cut them up. And, and, and are sort of assistant, like we then work as assistants to them. Brilliant. Yeah. Or as, you know, as encourage them to well, direct that's the thing, us. When, when most people are creative. It's just that oh, they've yeah. built yeah. their own boundaries and it's, normally that boundary is so close to the heart. Yeah. As soon as you open it up a bit, and people go, I can do this, I can do yeah. this. Yeah, yeah exactly stuff starts to pour out. Well, that's how the Kersler thing has taken off, isn't it? E exactly that. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd never drawn or um, created anything at all when, until I went to prison. Mm. Yeah. And then once I saw that I was okay with it, like, and it wasn't until my art went up on a wall in the Kersler mm. that that made me feel yeah. a little bit right. that I was part of something new mm. you know yeah. a little bit a little bit of self-worth you know and yeah. Mm. Um, yeah and as soon mm. as that happened I wanted a, mm. a little bit more, more of that yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's uh, what happens at, like at museums they tend to have you know they have education rooms which are half a mile away that totally no hidden in. from the yeah. public yeah that are taken away from the public and, and so they don't ever feel that their work you know, it's really shown. part of the no. same thing. Yeah, but when you've you got do, you know. people like yourselves blowing smoke up your arse here, but your work is quite inspirational, and then to have the artists there yeah. with them, yes, yeah, it's, it's a huge. And, and to show that you can make work about what's going on in their world, so kids can make work about their own lives, and then you know they can use different techniques to actually explore their own lives you know? and get yeah. empowered about their their frustrations with the you know the con the, the shit that's been loaded on them yeah and for anyone it doesn't have to just be kids but whatever whatever anyone's deal is in life and whatever is you know pushing against them in forms of authority or like yeah policy maker whatever it is without the, getting all high blown like that but you can push back you know with pictures and the creativity. image that you was talking about that's going on outside the school of yours yeah call it peace on earth peace on earth yeah that's got a good story behind it as well, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, we did it for um, a thing called Brighten Up London, Lighten Up London, I think it was called. Yeah. The Bob Geldorf was doing for, for Christmas, I can't remember what year it was. It was a long time ago, so it's yeah. hard to remember the actual yeah, yeah. setup of that. But sort of, it was like yeah. a corporate sponsored creative yeah. it thing. It was by Orange, wasn't it? The yeah, yeah. Orange sponsored it, and we got asked by. He asked some of his mates, so we got asked by Damon Alban to do something. And they were gonna, all going to be projected, they were projected on buildings. And then with our one, we did that. And then we sort of didn't hear anything from, from them about we wanted to what find, was We wanted to know which building is it going yeah. on. I mean, it's getting closer itself, and closer. If we could just explain the image for people listening. Yeah, it, yeah it's, it's a painting in the National Gallery of um, Mary... Mary Magdalene, I'm not a good one. Yeah, Mary Magdalene. <laughs> Magdalene. And um, uh, it's a portrait of a, by a, I think it's 17th century, very beautiful colour with blues. And, and, and we just changed the halo that she had into the peace symbol, the C and D, you know, the peace symbol. And the face. And, and the face was, yeah, like Kat said, it was the earth put in there. Um, so it was a simple transposition. 
and and then it wasn't it wasn't a shocking image as such. No, was it wasn't it, no? shocking. It was no, no. no. Unless no, you're a devout got, Christian, I suppose yeah. it might offend slightly. But, yeah, but not if you actually allowed yourself. I mean, you'd be offended in the sense that it was a what would you call it a holy image disrupted. That, that's about. But about if it. you actually then allowed your brain to ponder, well, what's it being disrupted by? Oh, it's the earth taking the pace of the yeah. body. And yeah. the halo is the peace symbol. Peace, you know, yeah. that doesn't so get it, much it's more not, useful. And, and it's not actually that far removed from what the original yeah, image yeah. subject matter yeah. is either. Mm-hmm. As in, I guess Mary represented in some way like mother or yeah. something to do with humankind. Yeah, mother earth and yeah. that. But considering you're known as um, sort of activist oh, yeah. artist or protest artist... That's about as peaceful protest as you're going to get, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, and also, yeah. Um, yeah. And okay, a lot of the imagery that we have made or down the years has a level of violence in it, but it's always oh, because oh, we're yeah. focusing on the yeah. arms trade, or yeah. or often focusing on the arms yeah. trade or violence done against populations or individuals. And we use. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't powerful because it was very powerful, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think that so. Is. But maybe, maybe that's that's something for us to well to like uh, ruminate on as well because it's not always going to be like uh, the representation of violence is going to be the most powerful uh, pushback against yeah, violence. Yeah. It could be that more peaceful images that are less, you know, attacking on the eye yeah. and the psyche might actually give space to contemplate stuff better. And where was it going to be shown? Was it in the National Gallery? Was it, it was well, where a... was it going to be projected? Yeah, it was going to be... No, it was on... Um, it was a building down by the Thames. Uh, I can't remember what was that building. Yeah, I can't remember. It had a good um, public view because it was right beside one of the bridges. Was it yeah. was that the GLC? Was it GLC? No, it was on the north side. It was on the north side. Yeah, it's near the... Bridge, isn't it, that goes over to Tate? But you got, I think, about on this side of it. No, know. not the little bridge, not the footbridge. Isn't it? Oh, I always think that's no, that it was a main traffic bridge that oh. so would have had like a really good. Yeah. And it yeah. got replaced by Nigella Lawson's mince pies, yeah. which is like really <laughs> rad. <laughs> so weird <laughs> because it wasn't even an artwork; it's like a photograph of some yeah. mince pies. What? Yeah. I know. It's, it's bonkers, They must have it? been desperate. There must have been like some... Yeah. I, I can't even imagine who it could have offended. No. Well, what, they, what, said, they said... Um, grandma, small children and grandparents. They actually put that in a letter to wow. the Guardian. Yeah, small children and grandmothers. It's <laughs> fucking crazy. Isn't it it is crazy, but... And at that time, they were financing um, anti-censorship uh, debates around universities. Who, Orange World? Orange World at the same time. And they've put up Nigella Lawson's mince pies instead of uh, me. Yeah. You can't. You can write it, could you? Know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it reads like that. It, when was this? It was two thousand four or something like that. Yeah. It was early early doors, wasn't it? It was almost twenty years ago. But I mean, it's it's symptomatic when you think now with hardly any public money going into galleries and you know public galleries and things. Yeah. It's all sponsorship, and and that comes with massive strings attached you know that you don't attack I mean even something like that which is quite anodyne like you say in a sense but if you attack anything um, particular they just don't want to know I, I, mean, was saying, you know. I was just saying to Kat when you, when you were answering yeah. the phone there 
it was just such a peaceful, non-aggressive piece of work. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I can't see what any kids or no. grandmothers would have found offensive. No, right? no I mean that—that's not. I mean, that was but, just. A I mean, it's also happened with photo ops, didn't it? When when the Imperial War Museum up north, they were going to put the um, they were going to put it on posters that went on bus sh- as a bus shelter, right, wasn't yeah. it? And and um, the people refused to put it up to own those. Uh, at uh, show, is it? JC Dassault. JC Dassault. Big ad space owners, big corporate yeah. company. I mean, I can yeah. half, half understand people not wanting to step into political realm. I, I don't agree with it, but I can understand people not wanting to sort of make any any waves there. But a fucking painting of Mary with a mm. CND. But when you think about all the adverts for very violent movies in the underground BAE and what systems. have you, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, and BAE systems. Yeah, I mean, I arms mean, company gets yeah. to put arms manufacturing companies get to put their adverts, massive adverts, on billboards all up and down the country. Yeah, and they they're mostly concentrated in London in wealthy areas yeah. like around Parliament and stuff like that, but. And they're and they they don't have imagery on it, of course, because they want no, to show you no. the results of what they're making. So they just have like their logo, but they're allowed to do that. Uh, I think it's nonsense not to let the Imperial War Museum show that image as their advert yeah. for the show, mm. for the exhibition. And there's a lot of violence in art, you know. I mean, so it's not like they wouldn't show. I don't think there would be a picture that would not depict violence. In fact, we saw one, a Frederick Forsyth novel of a drone flying out of the picture right. into you, in, you know, into you as the audience with an explosion going off behind it in a landscape that looked vaguely yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of uh, deserty. So at, let's read Afghanistan or something. That was at the same time, that was on a JC Dassault in the underground. And they said that they couldn't show, they sh- could not show pictures of violence in their public yeah, spaces, which was, yeah. I mean, we had it in front of us, so that was just bullshit. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I mean, if they said that we don't want to put pictures of Blair up, that would have been quite understandable, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not having him up on our, on our billboards. Yeah, go all right then. I'll go with Share that. Prices. <laughs> Share prices will go down immediately. <laughs> <laughs> you was also going to have. That, that image, we were just talking about projecting images, that image was projected as well, wasn't it? Oh yeah, that's right. We worked with some people who um, animated the the Blair, well they animated the, the explosion, yeah. yeah, and we put it up on when the Chilcot inquiry was going Excellent. on, on the building next to it, which was... Um, What's it called, that building? I can't remember. But it's, Queen Elizabeth? Uh, no, that's where yeah, the Chilcot yeah, Inquiry was. Yeah. Um, and Yeah, and it, it stayed up. I mean, they got told to take it down after about five minutes. No, it was up longer than that. A bit longer. Right. And it was winter, because it was February, I think, so it was... Yeah. Did we show it? We, we had it up at night and up in the morning. The idea was to have it up when he arrived, you know, in his... Yeah. And what is the offence? I know that people have been told to take those images down. What's the offence? Yeah, it's very complex, isn't it? Because you're, you're not damaging no, the building. Not, it's not graffiti No, such. but they have made a, 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 a law now that to make it illegal. I can't no, remember how. They that, have. Uh, quite recently, I No, because then you'd have anyone who was putting up projections having to scarper Get, with the massive projector. Yeah. 
and the vehicle without getting caught, which would be almost impossible, like if you were projecting something on Parliament. Well, yeah, years, so years ago, Gal Porter, wasn't it? The, the model was projected onto, uh, yeah. onto Parliament, wasn't yeah. she? That was, an ad yeah. and that was an actual advert, was it? I can't remember, but it was... I think it was. I think it was done without permission, because I'm quite sure they got told to take it. Well, down. Led, there's yeah. a group called Led by Donkeys on Instagram, and they're doing a lot of projected work. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, mm. and I mean that's on Parliament half the time. I, they're doing. I don't know. Mm. Mm. But yeah, it's hard to find out what the offence is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I I think it's just that the owner of the building, whoever has got the authority of the building, can ask you to stop. Which is what happened when we were doing yeah. that one outside the Queen Elizabeth Hall. Uh, yeah. So, like, <clears throat> if you refuse to stop, then maybe it tips over mm. and yeah. they can call the police. But what a yeah, what a great image <coughs> to have. Yeah. The, the, fa the famous one was an artist <coughs> called Wadishko who does amazing projection, and he was doing a show at the ICA, and he took his which just up the road from Trafalgar Square, but he took his projector into Trafalgar Square and projected a swastika onto the South Africa, <laughs> South Africa house. This was during apartheid. <laughs> and they stayed up about an hour and it's become quite famous, you know, just as simple. Yeah. Yeah. You've done some amazing yeah. work. There's a little question here that I ask each artist is if there was you and five other artists past and present, oh. <laughs> what, would would, what would your ideal group show be? <gasps> group show. Kathy Colwitz. She'd be man of mine, definitely. Hannah Hawk. Uh, Hannah Hawk, yeah. Um, Goya. <laughs> Goya, yeah. I think that's the first time Goya's come up, you know. Really? Yeah. I'm uh, amazed. That's amazing. I think it is. But I've not done Jack Chapman yet. No, no. Because the main ones that come up are... Warhol is Warhol Bacon. Warhol Bacon. About Bruce Nauman, he come up. He has come up, but not as much as I would have liked. No, no, I think he's fascinating. He wrote to me when I was away. Did he? Yeah, I know. How cool's that? That's amazing. That is amazing. Really, <clears throat> really? Yeah. Where, where you that? Yeah, I got. I, I discovered because I didn't really know his work. Uh huh. Because when I was in jail, I didn't know. Sorry, keep fucking turning this around. Because <laughs> right. I don't know. I didn't. I, they were names to me. I had no idea yeah. where they were well, I'm like that. on the ladder. I'm like that yeah. still. So <coughs> I think he was showing at the Haywood. And I sent a letter to him via the Haywood. Yeah. And I didn't even know if the Haywood was a gallery in a row of precincts yeah. of shops or if it yeah. was a... Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. And um, I sent it there. And about two months later, I'll get this big catalogue with um, oh, fab. Yeah, a message from him in the front of it and a letter from him. Wow, that's and great. then about six months later, he'd, he'd had another show somewhere or something had happened and he sent me a new catalogue through that I hadn't asked for which I was that's right. great because he, he was living on a ranch or something yeah he's got a ranch and it yeah. was um, yeah. he, in, in the letter he said that he's just putting together something at the ranch and yeah. I knew nothing of what that right. was until yeah. I read this catalogue and it says you've got a ranch in the middle of yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. didn't you say that he Criminal. works in a way that he has a like you'll have he's got a studio and it's full of Stuff. Yeah, full of stuff. And he just wanders around yeah. and then sort of takes yeah. in, you know, there's a great enlightenment from stuff around him. There's a great video it. on YouTube of it. It's about only about a five minute one, but he just wanders around and says, that, Yeah, and then I looked at this catalogue for animal parts and 
picks it up and drops it, you know, because he doesn't talk about his work much, no. you know, and doesn't like, give speeches. I kind of identify with that yeah. idea of having material, or at least having materials. I mean, we work in that yeah. way in the sense that we have a lot of our past works or like bits of half started stuff, which will have a lot of press photography in it and and then there'll be something that we want to make work about, but the starting point is actually just sort of sifting through lots of stuff and then just trying yeah, things out. Yeah, being, being sort of well-known for sort of photo montage, it, it's, I had a, a, a friend who'd done a lot of collage and she just had cut-out Acres images everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, to do that. But yeah. do you think you'd get lost in a big studio? I don't think so. I have all this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've, had, we've had big studios. We, did, well, we, did, we, we had, used a lot of yeah, big stuff. So at yeah. one point we moved yeah. out of this building and and then we moved into another building up more in Dalston and had a big space. And it was like that. It was just yeah, like a spread of materials yeah. all over the place and a bit of equipment. And we put up, we had some big walls and that's when we made those big works with newspaper. Yeah. What was it, just to make those works? No, but that's, that's what, what we that's yeah. what we ended up making whilst we were there. Then they put the rent up and we had to, and then the place came up available here again. We had to run back here this is as fast cold, as possible. Do, do you yeah. find it helpful being around other artists or do you not? Does that I, like, I like it's bumping nice. to people in the corridor for yeah. the chat. I find it really, uh, yeah, really important. I couldn't do a ranch in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what people see this sort of thing as, these podcasts, when, they've, when they're in their studio working, because most yeah. artists are quite solitary. Yeah. yeah. They've got two artists rabbiting in the background. Yeah. This is if they're just earwigging on the conversation yeah. outside the window, you know. Social, but I have tried, I've tried sharing studios with, you know, people that I'm not making work with. And I, I find, I've discovered that I've, I can't actually let my head go into the place it needs to go to make work yeah. if other people are around. So for me, it's like who I bump into in the corridor, that's really important. But Yeah, see, I'm like that with music. I can't have music on while I'm working because my mind it's, goes it prioritise yeah. yeah, I definitely prioritise people. It's like I can't ignore that they're there. But it's all right when we've been we're making work together to share a studio. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it, it's when you are working together, it's like you're, well, you're, you're sort, sort of, of one. Together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 you have a person you right, physically. It's, it's amazing. I mean, you know, I've spent many decades just working on my own. You know, it's a typical lonely activity, and suddenly having a cat to work with and argue with. I mean, it's. I've a mini a banshee of energy screaming yeah. at you. We must do more! It did, did sound like he was saying, my life was quiet. It was. So I was plodding along. It was. Plodding, like, yeah. You hadn't done montage for a long time before. And then you come along. What's really funny is that I didn't have any contact with the art world other than like the stuff that I we used to go to all the openings to get the free booze like yeah. in the East End um, but and when I met Peter when we were introduced I had no I didn't have a you know a, a background in art school I didn't have a landscape in my head of artists yeah. you know and, and like you said of at what level they were or what era even and I had certainly never heard of Peter Kennard and <laughs> it was two years of working together before I think one day you said well look I'd made this book once or like here's 
and and then it was a bit like it it felt like it was like after two years of working non-stop together it was like something happened in conversation one day and I was like, oh, he's actually an artist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, like, really I knew from, he was in the sense he yeah, had a studio was... and he had paintbrushes yeah. oh, and yeah. it smelt like art. But <laughs> And my motivation was not as a coming from a, a art-educated background and wanting to collaborate with something. It was just like pure sort of drive to create something that could go into the public that was yeah. anti-war. Yeah. And I knew that the way that he was making stuff, or the way he was talking anyway, sounded like there was a possibility that you could do that. Yeah, and then, I didn't know about any of his montage work or any of that. Maybe that, I think it was, it was after doing the awards series of prints. Yeah. And I was like, right, what are we going to do next? And then an opportunity came up from, through a neighbor um, of, of putting in a proposal to do a thing in Norwich, uh, uh, do a, well, be part of an exhibition in Norwich. And um, and I and I grabbed that and I said, look, we got to do this because we got to do the next thing. And that was when we and when we discussed what to do. That was when we first came up with this idea of making an environment where we would make work, but also members of the public would make work, which has now become a much more developed yeah. thing that we do within exhibitions sometimes. But um, mm. it, that was the point at which then Peter was saying, well, I've made montages in the past oh, montage what's that I would say and, <laughs> and then, I'd say I don't even, even though we'd actually be making montage in a way with the prints these ones with the medals but I guess you hadn't been using the language that yeah. I so I was like but, and I'm still like that I still don't have a clue what so is there much of a barrier or a line between the work of Cat Phillips the work of Kennard Phillips and the work of Peter Kennard with Ken and Phillips work would be the best (laughs) (laughs) no I mean the joint work it would be the most um, dynamic and the most sort of and the most use of materials probably and probably the best argued argument as well if there's an argument in the the works I don't know Yeah. because there's two people arguing about it while they're making it so it gets more more sort of um, you don't get away with so much if you're making as when you're making on your own, you can just go, oh, that looks nice, or that sort of works, or I can't be bothered going further, and the other one complains, so you, you yeah, join you've work, got you go something further. to give you a kick up the backside yeah. all the time. <laughs> and have you got anything coming up at the moment? We've got a thing in Poland. We're sending work to Poland, which nice. is, I was actually yeah. thinking, the other, I just yesterday, yeah. I thought, oh, we should hand-deliver it. I mean, we yeah. could... There's been a whole sort of argy-bargy backwards and forwards about how to, about the transportation there. It's more to do with Brexit than, than the political situation at the moment and the war situation. But it just suddenly occurred to me you'd probably get a Ryanair flight for 15 quid to crack on. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. um, it's works on newspapers. It's, cam- it's studies for a head that we made that are all of David Cameron on the Financial Times yeah, in different iterations. Um, hung as a block but so to transport they're just like actually just a small box yeah. or a couple of small boxes yeah. mm. and that's, <coughs> that's for where that's in Krakow it's in Krakow and it's called Krakow. Politics in Art um, and it's a big museum show at Mokak it's called nice which I wouldn't know how to say its name in Polish um, and it's on for a year oh wow that show is a big group show big museum show 
that they planned to have last year. Oh, wow. For, as a six-month show last... Was it last year? Was it even the year before? Because of pandemic, it got cancelled or postponed. And now it, start, it opens in May and it will run till April in 2023. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't been cancelled because of what's going on. Um, but it's obviously like really crazy times. I mean, Krakow's one of the cities in Poland that's got the most Ukrainian refugees yeah. in it at the moment. Um, so it's quite exciting to know that things still continue and it's still deemed as important yeah. to, to push forward with cultural yeah. and art stuff, like even in total like social crisis. And it is um, exactly that, isn't it, at the moment, out there? So it is but, I mean, the show's perfect crisis. for it because it's politics in art. Brilliant. So, yeah, but I, I, I really hope that we get to visit the show. Yeah. And where can people see the work of Kennard Phillips, be it website, social media? Well, yeah, the, the website. www.kennardphillips.com yeah. Problematic name, Kennard Phillips. <laughs> it's got two N's. Two and L's and, and two P's at the end, <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like an estate agent. <laughs> and, and, and there's an Instagram, isn't it? There's an Instagram under the same name, yeah. yeah. Brilliant, yeah. Well, that's yeah. uh, that's all my questions asked. Thank you yeah. very much for your time. Thank, and thank you, Gary. It's amazing what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Valuable. Well, hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. If you're unable to support us on Patreon, leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to this podcast really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast, or even giving us a positive shout-out on your social media. Anything is appreciated, but either way, thanks for listening, and until next week, ta Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.